I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 6 o'clock on Dukes and Bell, the number one sports talk show in Atlanta for your ride home. If they can't start defending and limiting teams more, they have to shoot 50% from the field, 37% from three, and try to outscore everybody. And guess what? That doesn't work in the playoffs. It's not. This team has to grow up in learning how to finish games, in learning the importance of not just coasting when you have a 13-point lead. You're saying the same thing I am because you know you finish games with defense. Well, listen, I don't know who does that. I don't know who the leader of the pack is when it comes to this. It's Radio 92.9 The Game. Trying to figure it out. Dukes and Bell, Mark Zeno in from Mike. It's something we've been talking about today. If you're just joining the show, a couple of things going on in the world of sports. One, the Suns are going to get purchased for $4 billion from a guy that was a walk-on at Michigan State, won the 2000 championship, March Madness, Mm -hmm. with Michigan State, the Mateen Cleaves team that won it. Uh, This guy goes on to become like a real estate – he's actually a partner in a company called Shore Capital. And – his name is Matt Ishba. He is going to purchase the Suns for $4 billion. So you said this earlier. The NBA does this right. NFL has owners just, you know, floundering around and, oh, we've got to find somebody. And, and the NBA immediately gets guys up and out of there. Yep. They don't wait. They don't hesitate. Well, again, it's a much different corporate culture of the league than, uh, than the NFL is, to say the least. Well, you got a bunch of owners sitting at the table who go, we're not ready to do that yet. I mean, Roger Goodell, even if he wanted to, he said he, he doesn't have the power to do that. But uh, this is an interesting story just because he's got that basketball background. He didn't play basketball professionally. Obviously, he was a walk-on. And there's some footage of him playing in some of these games in Michigan State. They were blowing teams out back then. So it's kind of cool. But he's got a basketball background. Got lots, he's lots of money. And he's paying $4 billion. So the guy that was misogynistic and racist and all those things that they claimed he was, solver, who gets to, to leave, leaves with a big check. Big check. Yeah. Um, it's it's always a nice punishment to uh, get a couple of billion dollars for your misgivings. Crazy. All right. That's something that's going on. Also, we talked to Arthur Smith today. Uh, last hour, coach stopped by, uh, talked about Dean Pease. He's doing fine. He's, he's in much better shape, I think, than a lot of people thought when you see a guy get carted off yeah. like that. Again, he's 73. I don't know about you, Zeno. The older I get, if I, if I trip, okay, and I stub my toe, it hurts for like two weeks. If I sneeze in the wrong direction. So, I mean, for him to get blindsided and hit the way he was, he's fortunate, and his head hit the turf and all of that, so it was all precautionary. But Coach was talking about how much he needs to see of Desmond Ritter, and we're going to let you hear some of this coming back 
in about 10 minutes some of the things he had to say about, you know, evaluating. I think this is a big part of the, the last three games. Uh, do I want to win? Yeah. But I'm not in that mode where if they don't win and, oh, it's the end of the world, we're past that. I think we had our chance and we blew it, as we say on this show. Mike and I, we had our chance, we blew it. We had a chance with the playoffs. Now, technically, we're not out of it, but so many things have to go our way. And so when you start saying mathematically we're not out of it, no. But that was a, that was a playoff game last week. It was a playoff game. Of course. Again, you, you're going to lose every tiebreaker with every team in the division. So uh, you're at you're, you're a decided disadvantage as far as making the playoffs. But it's not even about that. Hell, I'd like them to win one more game to go over their preseason win total of five and a half if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. So six would be nice. But I'm sure there are a lot of Falcons fans right now saying, I hope they lose the final three. I hope Ritter plays well and they lose the final three. Mm. Um, Chris was telling me this, and I was saying, how would you feel if you had $350 million on the table but you had yet to pass the physical? Carlos Correa, the postponement of his introductory press conference is issues over his physical exam. Now, again, I don't know if he didn't pass it or if there's something else wrong, but you guys know about these professional sports contracts. If you're not passing a physical, you're not getting a deal. So it's all pending. I'm assuming everything's going to be fine, but 13 years, $350 million, you know, and they basically pushed the press conference back because this thing has a medical component to it. I'd be very nervous if I was him. He's 28 years old. What's wrong with this guy? He's fine. He's healthy. Uh, I Somebody else might be the benefactor of uh, him not <laughs> passing his physical. <laughs> there, there, there are like 25 other teams going, oh, please let him fill that physical. We'll take him. We'll take him. We'll take him. Yeah. Uh, has dealt with various health issues and injuries in his career, including back and neck problems when he was with the Astros. But, I mean, you knew that going in. I don't think that's a big deal. Either way, we're waiting to see, and uh, he'll have his introductory press conference. By the way, when's Dansby going to have his with the Cubs? I don't know. Remember when? Remember when Freddie had his? It was it's probably going to be it after Christmas. Weird. It's probably going to be after Christmas oh, yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No, probably in the new year, I would think. But it felt weird, right? When you saw Freddie in that Dodger hat, and you're like, ah. And we only, if we only knew how much he was going to cry after the fact. He only cried for a day or two. Wasn't that bad? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> follow Mark. He's Mark Zeno. I'm at Put Him Up. See Dukes and follow this radio show at Dukes and Bell 929. Mike's out. Zeno in. Turtle behind the glass. Let's get to the top three. It's time for the top three at six. Top three at six. Now let's see what we have here. Oh, we have a dub for our Hawks. Listen, I like winning. I just don't like blowing leads. And last night, Nate McMillan was talking about showing some growth and having a way to find a way to get it done at the end. And I agree. We just got to show growth, you know. Um, got to finish games. It's a 48-minute game. And I thought uh, we, we started to relax uh, in that fourth quarter, late in that fourth quarter. And, you know, one play can change the momentum of a game. And uh, we just got to show growth. Yeah, I hope that happens here over the next few weeks before we get into 2023. You know, they got a bunch of games, man. I mean, you're talking about Bulls, Pistons, Pacers. Uh, you play the Nets before the new year. You get the Lakers uh, on the 30th at, at uh, State Farm Arena. You got some really good games before we get to the new year to kind of get a, a much better litmus test of what we are. If you're still telling me, DeJounte Murray, we're still trying to figure this out. We're trying to find ourselves. Okay, well, how long does that take? What's, what's the amount of games that we need to say, okay, after 10 or 12 or eight more games that, that we'll feel comfortable? 
Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you're at Christmas right now. This is the time where the teams really start to separate from the other. We really figure out what teams really are. They, they've spent the first two months sort of dabbling around and figuring out how good they're going to be or how bad they're going to be. And now it's really time to turn it on. I mean, that's, you know, you, you've got a, a tough schedule coming up right after New Year's. And you, I would have thought after that 11-7 and seven start, okay, maybe they are going to start turning on right now. Of course, you dealt with some injuries, but that happens to every team. Yeah. You know, you can't – that's not an excuse. You've got to figure out a way to win ball games, And uh, they go 5-8 and eight the rest of the way, and now all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're struggling to stay at 500 before you head on a West Coast trip. Uh, for the Pistons, they come in here on Friday. Cade Cunningham, one of their stars, is out. AD just got hurt for the Lakers, so more likely Anthony Davis won't play when the mm-hmm. Lakers come here. Point is, you're catching a break with a couple of big injuries for teams that are coming in here. I don't make excuses. We know how that plays. I mean, even when we've been full strength, we've gotten teams' best games. But uh, that that could help us. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Let's hear to Jonte Murray talk about not celebrating the win last night. We shouldn't celebrate the win. You know, even though we won, it, it, it's something you don't celebrate, you know, for, like I said, we're trying to go. You know, but me as an individual, uh, you know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. Well, we know that. And I love that every time, you know, there's a there's a mic and he's talking on it, mm-hmm. that he's telling you the truth. I don't think he's lied or tried to sugarcoat anything about where this team has been. When he said, hey, we didn't give the effort tonight, that's been the case. Hey, we didn't finish tonight, that's been the case. And he's talking about the fact that when you play this way and you have leads and you blow them, you shouldn't be celebrating them because you barely got away with one. And as Nate said, they got lucky. Hey, you asked Arthur Smith about Caleb Huntley. Uh, listen to what Art said about his progress before the season-ending injury with the Achilles. Yeah, he made a lot of progress, you know, and coming in here and um, you know learning the, the expectations of you know what we expect from guys in the program. And um, nothing for Caleb in his life has come easy. You know, he's a guy that's all he knows how to do is work and works extremely hard. Uh, persistence, you know, all those things that you look for, those qualities that that we value. Um, Caleb's got him, you know, and it's a credit to him and, and how you stay with it. He's improved a lot as a player, and I'm sure he'll attack this rehab same way. It's a long rehab, but I do like what I saw from him. I don't mm-hmm. know what his future is here with the, with the, with the Falcons, though. Like, is he going to be a part of the mix? You're, you're still going to have a, a rotating backfield, whether CP's here you know, we, we figure Tyler Algier here is going to be here because, again, you're getting production out of a fifth-round pick. But whether Caleb Huntley is here, you're going to have to bring in some more backs, you know, to, to compete. Yeah, I think – I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they're happy with the one-two punch of Caleb and uh, and Tyler Algier. You know, you mix in Avery Williams here and there if you really needed it to. I don't know that you necessarily do. Does that mean if there's a B. John Robinson available to them in the first round Take that they it. would pass on him? I'd love to have him. Um, He's special. Feels like it. Feel, I mean, look what Brian Robinson's doing for the Commanders, even well, after getting shot in the leg. Well, here's a, yes, correct. Different team when he's come back. You're right. Here's the issue, the risk-reward of running backs in the first round. We know how that plays out. But he's got first-round talent. Watch what I tell you when the combine rolls around. He's going to be labeled as a first-round talent. I don't think he goes in the first round either. But we'll see how the Falcons play out with the running back situation. Mm-hmm. Hey, last night, Packers win. And the Packers could win out. They need to beat the Dolphins. The Vikings mm-hmm. and the Lions. 
But then they also need help from the Seahawks, who have to win or at least lose one of their last three, and then the Commanders, who have to, to lose two of their last three. There's a lot at stake here. But the point is the Packers are not out of it. They're 6-8. and eight. The Rams are out of it. They have been eliminated. So is Baker Mayfield the future? Because Matthew Stafford apparently no. said he's coming back on his wife's podcast. We talked about it earlier today. He says he's coming back. So what do you do with Baker Mayfield? Is he going to be the backup there with the Rams, or is he looking for a new, new team? I don't – I don't know that Baker Mayfield is going to end up staying there. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to go to a place where he might have an opportunity to start. Um, but what's really out there for him? I'm not 100% sure I know. And I would look at this and I'd, I'd evaluate what Baker Mayfield actually is, which at this case at best is a backup quarterback. He's not one of the 32 best quarterbacks in this league. And that's not saying much because there are some bad starters right now. And the fact that nobody has you know, jumped on him to give him a job Says a ton. Well, he only he threw for 111 yards last night. He yeah. did throw a touchdown. It was wide open, but he threw for 111 yards. We talk about these pedestrian numbers sometimes with, with you know, when Marcus was quarterbacking here. Mm-hmm. 111 yards, a 68 quarterback rating. And Baker Mayfield didn't give his team a chance to really do anything. They scored no points in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I think there was a couple of field goals there. I mean, 12 points. And the Rams have been bad, I, given, and, and I get it. But this was probably a better situation, right? And we all got excited about the comeback against the uh, – was it the Raiders or the Patriots? Who was it the comeback against? The Raiders. The Raiders. Mm-hmm. We all got excited about it because it's like, oh, look, he can do these things. He came back to earth last night. Like, this is the Baker Mayfield that I think we all kind of figured this is what it looked like. Let's hear from Baker talking about uh, the fact that he did not have what he needed last night to uh, make it happen. Obviously not good enough. We didn't win. Uh I was more frustrated with how I played early on. I think there were some plays that just easy checkdowns when they were playing that soft coverage that uh, we got to later. Yeah, and and as far as Aaron Rodgers, you know, again, two hundred and what thirty yards, a touchdown. That young receiving core—they're getting better, but they just need too much to happen, I think, for them to get to the playoffs. Rodgers was talking about, you know, how things are looking up for his team, though. I just came out of a twelve-day cleanse. <laughs> no, you didn't. Before the Bears week, we knew we had a bye afterwards, and and those of us who sometimes peek ahead knew that we had to win five and then have a lot of things go our way. So we won two, and just about everything we've needed to happen has gone our way, just about, right? So things are looking up. Yeah, but you got a lot of work. Dolphins a playoff team. Uh, That's their next opponent. No, they're probably going to lose it. They're probably going to lose it. Yeah, I think they're going to end up uh, slipping out here. Yeah, Packers uh, at Dolphins. And, again, guys, bunch of Saturday games as we were talking to Coach about this. So it's a short week. Falcons play on Saturday. We still have Thursday night football, Jags and Jets, which is an interesting game. And we'll talk more about mm-hmm. it as we get closer uh, to that game on Thursday night. But you look at Saturday's slate, Bills, Bears, Bengals, Patriots, Lions, Panthers, Texans, Titans, Saints, Browns, Giants, Vikings, and then you get to uh, Seattle taking on the Chiefs, and you've got Commanders and 49ers. I mean, this is a full slate of games. And then you get three games on Sunday, by the way, which is Christmas. So Packers, Dolphins, Broncos, Rams, and then uh, Buccaneers and Cardinals on the night game on Christmas. So we got a bunch of games to look forward to, man. Yes, sir. All right, coming up, you're going to hear from Coach Arthur Smith. What did he say about evaluating Desmond Ritter? How is he looking at this? You hear it from Coach Arthur Smith coming up next. 
This is Andrew Perloff with the CBS Sports Minute. The irony of all the officiating controversies in the NFL is that officiating is probably the same, if not better, than it used to be. What has really changed? Not the eyesight of the men in stripes. It's the cameras and the slow-mos and the replays. Thousand. What was the most meaningful gift? We're going to talk about it for you in about 15 minutes as we'll get to our game winner. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Zeno's in for Mike, and we had a chance to catch up with Coach Arthur Smith as we get ready for the Ravens on Saturday. And I want you to hear a couple of things that Coach talked about, and then we'll, we will discuss, talk amongst yourselves. Um, and a big part of this is how do you evaluate Desmond Ritter? Now, you said to me yesterday, Zeno, uh, you don't think this is just enough time to, to make a decision on what you're going to do with him. I don't think it's enough time to evaluate what your draft strategy is going to be based off of it. I mean, it's four games. Uh, can you really decide if you have the quarterback of the future in four games? The Browns thought they had one in Baker Mayfield after four games. They didn't. Nobody thought the Bears had it after four games with Justin Fields. Looks like they do. I mean, these things change quick in the NFL. Life comes at you fast, and I can't say with any certainty that four games is going to give me any sense of warm and fuzzy that – we got our guy. We got we, we got the next seven, ten years under center here in Atlanta. We got our guy. How long does it take, though? Because it doesn't take that long. Three years. Three years? Yeah. That's too long. It doesn't take three years in the NFL to figure out if a guy can play. Sure it does. Three years? There, there are guys who do it very well and do it exceptionally. Um, you know, but those are few and far between. Like Joe Burrow. Remember, Josh Allen didn't really flourish until year three. Okay. Like, Joe Burrow came on the scene, and in year one, you can tell that he was really good. Obviously, year two, they go to the Super Bowl. Um, even Kyler Murray, to a certain extent. Does Kyler look like he's on an upward trajectory as of late? No, but you knew he could play in okay, year you know he one. Could play. Okay. You knew, you knew Lamar could play. Okay. You, you, it doesn't take three years for us to evaluate and say, with, with thine own eyes, I can see this guy can play. Let me tell you something, okay? There's a difference between whether a guy can play and whether he's a franchise quarterback. Okay. Those things are different. I mean, you can't just necessarily say because a guy can play. Look, the Ravens might walk away from Lamar Jackson. Why? Because he hasn't gotten him over the hump. They've had a Super Bowl caliber roster for three years, and he hasn't gotten over the hump. Yeah, but it ta- you know this. I know. I'm just telling you. But, I mean- but it takes too much. If you feel like you've got a guy, this is why teams don't do this, all right? Teams don't make this decision to move on from a guy like Lamar when you have to start over. At least I know what I have. Greg Roman has been great. Greg Roman's getting crap up there right now for the offense because in year one, Lamar was 36 touchdowns and lead the league in rushing as a quarterback and MVP. And then year four, everybody's like, what's wrong with the offense? Well, look at how that offense has deteriorated and they've taken pieces away from it and Lamar's not healthy. But I don't think that's that's Greg Roman. My point is you have a system and a guy that works. You don't move away from that, and you, especially when you know a guy can play. If the Ravens move on from Lamar Jackson, every team in the league is called, we're interested. Sure. Of course they are. So I don't know if it takes three years. Let's hear Coach talk about how he is trying to evaluate the Ritter start. No, that's a good question. You know, um, you know, really it's about his progress, and I think it can go hand in hand as you're trying to win and also, you know, expanding his role. You know, every every game there's, there's different obstacles. You know, I mean, you could be hard-headed in it, and, you know, what, what the Saints try to do coverage-wise uh, that, that's a good defense, especially against the drop-back passing game. I mean, you can go look at the last four years, what they've done to guys that just sit in the pocket. 
So there's some things that, um, you know, we got to work on. Uh, we had some opportunities. I thought as, as he settled into the game, uh, he gave us a chance to win. You know, I had a lot of faith in him, you know, going forward on fourth and five right there, which I thought was a, was the right call. And, you know, he made the right read. And it was unfortunately, you know, we, we didn't come back, uh, come away with the football there as we, after we converted. So I think you can naturally see it. I think you can do, a, do both. You know, that's, that's just the way it's going to be. We're going to have different uh, looks and schemes we'll, we'll play the next three weeks. And uh, But I understand the question, but I think we can do both. And when he was talking about that, you had asked him about Ritter. Yeah. Can you can you expand it? Can you can you ask more out of him and still try to put a game plan together? Because Arthur Smith still wants to win games. He always, he's always said that. He's never not going to try to not win a game. Sure. And, you know, sometimes winning the game supersedes, like, let me see what I have in this guy. Let me see. You know, the situation sometimes doesn't call for it. But, you know, he's telling you there's a way that he can do both, that we can we can get more out of Ritter. So maybe it is 30 passes that we'll see out of him. We'll ask him to do a lot more and uh, and hopefully get a win out of it, too. Well, maybe some Ravens fans don't want to win, but you get the point. Let's hear Coach Arthur Smith. Full interviews online at odyssey.com uh, talking about Ritter and London's relationship because my thing was – why weren't we throwing to London more like this throughout the course of the season? He got 11 targets. He got seven balls on Sunday against the Saints for 70 yards. And, and doesn't it make you think that, okay, was he just seeing things differently than Marcus Mariota? Or was this deliberately play calling to get Drake London the ball? That was the question. Here's what Coach Art said. Well, I've been, you know, like, I know people get sick of, hearing things that they don't maybe maybe it's like okay what is he what the hell is he talking about is he making excuses like Drake's been the primary and a lot of my play calls in the last couple of weeks uh you know whether it was a coverage or a different read or what whatnot uh you know the ball didn't go to him as much as uh, maybe I intended for it um and they do have to say the defense does you know he's a big part of our passing offense he's done a good job he, he's one outside he can win inside and the different actions or movements um so I think this, the opportunities on Sunday, the matchups he had, uh, you know, we try to take advantage of it. And, and Des does have a chemistry with him. They have a chemistry. Um, Des talked about, I think the term he uses, you know, he's my boy. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, get along with the other guys on the right. on, on the wide receiving group or the, the team or whatever. But that's cool. Listen, I, I need I need to see more of this and I need to see more touchdowns and more production. And if you're telling me that this is our version of – Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, cool. I just want to see production like that, right? And, and that takes a little time because they didn't click immediately, even though they had played together at LSU. But it's pretty fast. I mean, when they started at, at, at Cincinnati, when Burrow and those guys got drafted, you immediately saw that they were on the same page. So hopefully that clicks here for two guys that did not play in college yeah. together. You know? And I use that term loosely. That may be the best quarterback-wide receiver combo right now in the league. And I'm talking about Burrow-Chase. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, without without a doubt. Um, but it is good to see that Ritter has a comfortability level with Drake, um, and you start to feel like that could work. Now put somebody else out on the field like Pitts and see what happens. Yes, remember we saw Drake was the beneficiary early on of Kyle Pitts being on the field. You know, did that hurt Pitts' production and value? Yes, it does because you drafted him fourth, fourth overall, but. You know, the guy who drafted eighth looks like he's pretty solid as well. All right, one last thing from Coach uh, on on Ritter affecting the draft strategy. So just think about it this way, all right? What do you want to do in the spring? How do you make our team better? We asked Chuck Smith this this afternoon when he came on, and Chuck said, listen, we need another 
solid defensive lineman who can penetrate, stop the run, and do a lot of the things that we've been talking about up front that other teams, and we're seeing other teams, like, for example, the, 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 uh, the Eagles, right, is the example he used. That is something that you think about with your draft strategy. How Ritter does, does that affect what you may be thinking? This is what Coach Art said in regards to that. Well, I mean, we have a lot of, you know, in-house knowledge of, of where, what we think of Desmond uh, as we've evaluated him, and then obviously he's playing right now. I mean, it's not just going to be the four-game sample size. I mean, there's a lot of decisions right. we've got to make this spring. Um, I mean, Terry and I talked about it. We talk all the time about it. I mean, we, you know, we haven't had a normal offseason. I mean, we've, we've tried to, and that's why I appreciate our, our staff, and you know, we found guys everywhere, and um, it's been a heck of a transition. And, you know, we've sat here every week and tried to do everything we can to win, win football games and build a winning culture. And uh, it's been frustrating at times, you know, the last couple of weeks not getting over the hump, but we still have an opportunity Saturday. Uh, so there's a lot of decisions. We've, we've had to make a lot of tough decisions in two years. A lot of stuff's happened in two seasons that you, you damn near forget about until somebody brings it up. And, hmm. um, but, you know, that's why I appreciate our staff. Uh, we've got a we've got a great football staff from the personnel side to the coaching side, and we got players and and guys that that are doing things the right way. And uh, especially with these young guys, this stuff will pay off. I mean, I got to tell them all the time we're you're going to be in a lot of one possession games in pro football, and we've been living in pressure, and it, and it'll it'll pay off for us. Think about this, and Arthur said that and kind of smirked, right? He's kind of laughing. He's saying all the crap that we've had to deal with here in the first two years, if you just would have come in and, and the things would have been stable and you didn't have all this player movement and overpaying guys, Julio, um, and having to restructure, Julio. restructure Matt, kick the can down the road, and then you had this thing with, I don't know, his name was Calvin Ridley. Like, he's right. When you start thinking about all this stuff, and you're like, we've had to do a lot until somebody brings it up. And you go, oh, yeah, that did happen, didn't it? Oh, yeah, and by the way, you guys can't spend like $70 million because, well, the cap is screwed. There's been a lot that he's had to deal with. To your point, Geno, when you ask him about still being competitive and do you take that as a win, I do. This is why why people go, oh, this team is terrible. The coach needs to be fired. You're not paying attention. In case you haven't noticed, you know, I think they have one more win than the Broncos. The Broncos are not competitive at all. They stink. It's embarrassing. They're awful to watch. So, for all things considered, you could be that. You you could be the Broncos. You could be the Cardinals. You know, you, you, you could be teams that just have no shot to win a football game that they get involved in. You could be the Texans. You could be the Colts. You're not in a bad shape at all here at the Falcons. I agree. We just need to fix some things and uh, continue to draft well. Coming up, game winner, guys. What's the best or most meaningful gift? You've received. I talked about that Nintendo I got. Zeno talked about the TV he got for him and his brother in their room, and they were their lives were changed forever. Chris, I want to know what it was for you. 404-741-0929. Best or most meaningful gift you've ever gotten when you were a kid, and it changed your life. It's Dukes and Bell. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And the winner is... Time to take the game winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't stink. Call now, 404-741-0929. Today's question. What's the best or most meaningful gift as a kid that you received and it changed your life? Maybe it was a Nintendo, Nintendo 64, uh, maybe a PlayStation. Were you a PlayStation guy, by the way, when the PlayStation came out? Not when it initially came out. Yeah. The kids got the new PS5. That's pretty legit. Is it? It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty legit. It's pretty tight, yeah. yeah. PlayStation cost $300. When it originally came out, Nintendo was 180 bucks, and everybody's like, oh! mm-hmm. when it first came out, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, the Super Nintendo was a, a little bit more than that. Um, that was it for me, and I, I talked about it. Like, you know, asking your parents, everybody's going to get one, and they're like, how much is it? And you're still trying to sell them on the whole idea. You got a, what size TV was it that you, you and your brother 13 got? 13 inch, baby. <laughs> you were happy. So happy. Chris, what was the gift or uh, best meaningful gift for you as a kid, man? What'd you get? Yeah, it was second grade. I had my tonsils and adenoids out. And uh, my gift for being a brave little boy was a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Blue version in it. And when I say I wore that thing out, uh, the screen, you couldn't even see the screen anymore by the time I was done with that thing. Hundreds and hundreds of hours logged. Yeah, so you got use out of it. Uh, to this day, Carl, I still have it. It's in uh, it's in my dad's apartment back home in New Jersey. That wow. thing is like a treasure to me. I wish I wish I had my Nintendo. I know you said you still have yours, right? I got the mini one with the games in it, yeah. including Tech Mobile. Uh, would you stop with the Tech Mobile? You're not beating anybody in this room in Tech Mobile, okay? Who are you playing with? Myself. Who are you playing with? Who's your squad? I usually, I mean, it depends on who I'm playing against. It depends on what you do. Oh, so now you're going to strategize depending on, if you have a team and you dominate, it doesn't matter who I pick. Well, I mean, listen, you can go with the 49ers. Their offense was legit. It was. Uh, in that game. Rice doesn't miss. But uh, typically, I will just, um, I'll just take the Giants and watch LT run all over the field and prevent you from doing anything. Tight end mattered in that, the Giants too. He catches everything. Bavaro. He catches everything. Yeah. All right, we were talking about Tech Mobile earlier, and he thinks he's the, the king of Tech Mobile. I would Mobile. beat you. Hey, but a five-year-old, though, Zeno, could beat you in the current day Madden <laughs> because that game is so de- – I can barely play it. Dude, oh. When I play my kids, it's really annoying. No, Madden is 
it's it's complex. The, the way they've got like the play calling set up and yeah. the precision throwing yeah, and run, it's, it's like oh, yeah. I, don't I even hit know the guys in the hands all the time and the ball hits the ground. I start <laughs> yeah. screaming at the TV. Like, what the hell's wrong with this game? <laughs> Never had that problem before. Let's talk to Drew on Sports Radio 929 the game. Drew, what was the best or most meaningful gift you got as a kid? Uh, so you guys stole my thunder. Mine was definitely the Nintendo 64. Uh, I was moving down to uh, Georgia from D.C. and didn't know anyone. And the cheat code for the 64 was there was four controllers. So all the kids in the neighborhood that I didn't know would bring their controller over to my house. And it created the transition down to Georgia and meeting friends super easy. I was never the kid that got the new gaming system. And that was the one time I got it. And it, it made it uh, Georgia a lot easier for me to get used to. So. I'll never forget that. Change your life, man. I I said this. I know that you can get on a headset now and you can play with people around the world. There was something cool about all your friends or you going over to a friend's house and everybody's there and you're just playing all damn day. You know what we used to do in college? Sega Genesis, Coach K. We would 30-pack of beer and Coach K tournaments (laughs) all day and all night. That's when Bond came out, too. Bond was good. Bond came out. That was a good. That, that was a good game. Best game ever made. Yes, pretty much for the yes, Nintendo sixty four. Goldeneye, James yep. Bond. Proximity mines in a safe house. Yep, that's the way you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to Chief. Who's up next on Sports Radio ninety two nine? The game. What's the gift for you, Chief? What's happening, Chief? What's happening? Happy, happy holidays, everybody. Um, Chief, I, I'm, I'm a little older, so and you bought my age car too, so I, I know you remember the electronic, the electric. I'm sorry, the electric uh, football game. Oh, for sure. And my mom, they, they they had the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I always like beating up on the Cowboys. So my Steelers always won in my in my world. Yeah, man. I don't know what age that was. My older brother, I remember. He's talking about the game. You got, you turn the game on, and it was, and the pieces would. And the pieces would move on this electric field mm-hmm. or whatever. It's I don't even, if you saw it today, you'd be like, "What is that?" But I do remember that, and it was Steelers Cowboys because those are the two dominant teams of the seventies, early eighties. Obviously, yeah, man, I do remember that. Sweet, you're up next. Sweet, what was the gift, the most meaningful gift that changed your life? Hey, man. Hey, man. I got two. Th- I got two things I want to say. First of all, as a child, a full. A Lionel electric train set was uh, presented to me under the Christmas tree set up and all. It was beautiful. But the other thing that I appreciate more than anything else today, since my left leg was amputated, I get daily phone calls from both of my daughters from the West Coast here to Rome, Georgia. And that means everything to me. Have a Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, sweet. Appreciate it, man. Merry Christmas to you. Let's grab Connor on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Connor, what was the gift for you, man? It changed your life. What was it? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, for me, it was a Nintendo DS, the first generation. I thought they were all sold out, but my mom, uh, I don't know how she did it, but she ended up with one and uh, really surprised me, and it was great. You know what? There's no better feeling. And that's that's kind of what got us talking about this, because uh, Zeno's got young twins, and mm-hmm. we were talking about you know, what he's doing for the boys, and then he showed me a picture, and I was like, because <gasps> I can't give it away. And then I'm like, I want one of those. And yeah, it just, you do. it makes you appreciate these moments that you have with your kids or when you were a kid and you think back to how you felt like like how big the world was and you're like i don't care about anything but this right here that's it and you want to play it all day you want to do it all day whatever it was if you want to go outside when people went outside you wanted to do it that that, i remember getting a bike i was telling you this like a, a bmx bike at the time and 
I rode the hell out of this thing. Like, I was riding everywhere. I, I probably rode places I, I should not have rode, but because it was what I wanted, and I got it for Christmas one year. And then the bike damn near killed me because I went over the handlebars. But that's a whole other story. You know, Carl, I got gypped what do you one mean? year for Christmas. All I wanted was the Derek Jeter swingomatic, where you hit the ball and, <laughs> and then it comes, it comes back. back to you. Yes, yes. But what they didn't tell you is you had to damn dig concrete underneath the thing and then put it back into the ground so it would stay put. Oh. So I never got to use it because my mom was like, you're not putting concrete in my backyard for this thing. So wait a minute. It, it wasn't weighted? It didn't come weighted? No. Oh. You had to dig a hole in the ground, <laughs> fill it with concrete, and fill it back up. And I never got to use it. Yeah, it's those gifts, man. Uh, is it Bob? Let's go to Bob on Sports Radio 929 the game. Hey Bob. Hey man. Hey man. Well, twelve years old. And I got a component set. And then for the young guys, that's a a stereo with a record player on the top, an eight track, and a radio oh, in front with yeah, two big speakers. Yeah, Couldn't tell go. you anything. Best thing I ever got. Couldn't yeah. tell you anything. My sisters got one of those because they shared a room. And they had to they used to stack it, the CD player oh, yeah. on top of the tape deck on top of the record player. And they got one of those, and they, they damn near fought over there all the time because they wanted to play their songs and their <laughs> their stuff. Man, great, great memories. Great stuff, guys. Appreciate you guys participating in our game winner. Uh, let's get out of here and clear our throat. Dukes and Bella wrapping up another show. So it's time for Let Me Clear My Throat on Sports Radio 92.9. The game. Thanks to Coach Arthur Smith, who came on today. Falcons-Ravens. We'll talk more about that tomorrow as we start to count down towards the weekend. Also, big shout-out to Wes Durham, who joined us today. Now, tomorrow we're going to talk to Connor Riley. He's going to be on a little later because of signing day. That's right. Tomorrow's the day your college football team gets better. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. And tomorrow there's no bigger day for programs like Alabama, Georgia, Auburn. It doesn't matter. We're going to be talking about that with Connor Riley. And also we got special programming for you at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Chris Goforth, Sam Crenshaw, and Coach Parker. Sam and Coach Parker hosted the high school scoreboard show throughout the fall. They're coming back tomorrow to talk about all things signing day and getting you caught up on who went where. We'll be talking about it as well. And also we'll have a Falcons player in the 3 o'clock hour. Not sure who that's going to be, but he's going to join us, and we'll talk about the Ravens coming up. Hey, tomorrow also we got Hawks basketball as the Hawks will take on the Bulls. We'll get more into uh, the makeup of this team. And then on tomorrow, we got to talk a little bit about this. Some guys hit us up today and said maybe the makeup of this team is not the right makeup. Maybe things need to change. We'll talk about that. I know it's early, but guys, the trade deadline is February 9th. It'll be here before you know it, Mm -hmm. and you better know what your team is, identity-wise, way before February 9th. All right. We got to get out of here. Turtle, great job as always. We're back at you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Zeno is here tomorrow as well as Mike is out this week. Zeno, let's get out of here, man. Clear your throat. Uh, If you're going to have a celebration and you're going to celebrate something as cool as winning the World Cup, don't turn it into something deadly and dangerous. Did you see that Argentina, their World Cup soccer team, what happened? had to cut their celebration short? There were fans jumping on the team bus. The team, they had to cut the parade short. The team had to be airlifted out of there by helicopter so the players wouldn't get hurt. It got that crazy. It was supposed to be an eight-hour, eight hour, uh, literally an eight-hour tour. 
Uh, yeah, they, they, they cut it short due to security fears. Wow. Yeah, soccer is, I guess, a religion in other countries. Hey, it's Matt, not this one. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Matthew Stafford announced, guys, he's not retiring. We talked about this. He's got a back injury, shoulder things he's dealing with. He says, despite the neck injury, I'll be back. He's 34 years old, was placed on injury reserve. He made this announcement on his wife's podcast, which is kind of ironic. But the fact of the matter is, this is a big decision. Matthew Stafford starts to play and realizes he can't play. He's going to put the Rams in a precarious situation. Saying you can play right now because you're not playing and you feel healthy versus getting beat up week to week. We'll see if Matthew Stafford changes his mind. Those dra- oh, no, they don't. they don't have any draft picks. I think they said blank those picks. Blank those picks. Hey, man, if you love the show, tell your friends. If you don't, learn how to party. Not ready to go. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 